I remember what I always tell you when they call you a legend, a talk legend that's saying he's our talk old fart here on the show. All right. I mean, that that's what it means. You've been around long enough to be an old fart, and, but we'll, we'll be nice to you and call you a legend. All right. Michael Cutler's going to join us. Uh, you know, we got we got thousands of illegal immigrants, an army of them, uh, walking their way across uh, Guatemala, Honduras, uh, Mexico to the United States. And uh, the latest article I saw, Michael, uh, said that it looks like the the way that they will go is to Tijuana and then try to cross at the port of entry of south of San Diego. You think that's what they're going to do? I have no idea what they're going to do, but my concern is that they're obviously planning to overwhelm the immigration system. And the system is already, you know, buckling under the pressure from the legal process, a backlog of 700,000 cases in the immigration courts. Um, They adjudicate over 6 million applications of various immigration benefits at United States Citizenship and Immigration Services, the adjudications arm of DHS. Uh, That includes citizenship, applications for green card, political asylum. So what we're looking at really is an invasion. We're we're seeing a flood of foreign nationals, and we don't know who is in that flood. That's right. We don't. And, you know, it's amazing, the mainstream media. Oh, these are all citizens from Latin America. We don't know that. Well, we do know, and I just wrote about this for Front Page Magazine, frontpagemag.com, sponsored by the David Horowitz Freedom Center. I called it the impending alien invasion. Dave, there was a hearing held before the House uh, Homeland Security Committee, Peter King, the chairman of the committee. This was back in April of this year, where they talked about how Iran had sent uh, members of Hezbollah and Hamas terror groups that they sponsor. And think how much money Mr. Obama gave Iran. Mm-hmm. It almost looked like a, a mega drug deal with the airplane showing up on the tarmac with, with pallets filled with money. I, I yeah. never have seen anything quite like that in my life, and I've been around for quite a while. Um, so we know that Iran is operating throughout Latin America. We know that Venezuela has been permitting Iran to send their shock troops, the Quds forces, directly from Tehran into Venezuela. Our relationship with with uh, with Iran is clearly an adversarial relationship to the max. So they hate us. They would do anything they can to destabilize us. Their leaders have just issued a plan of what they plan to accomplish by 2020 as they move forward, looking to looking for conquest throughout the world, and, and they they've aimed at us. So we know that we've got operatives from Iran all over Latin America. They have partnered with the drug cartels and the human trafficking organizations, often one and the same, because the movement of drugs is extremely lucrative. The movement of illegal aliens is very lucrative. And when you can move people, you can move criminals, you can move terrorists, you can put operatives in the United States. And that was the focus of that hearing before the Homeland Security Committee, the idea that they are pre-positioning sleeper agents in the United States for the day that they get the phone call or the tap on the shoulder. And this would provide Iran or other terror groups with the perfect opportunity to send their operatives into the United States. And this isn't just conjecture. We saw this play out in Europe with ISIS. We had massive flows of refugees heading for Western Europe and embedded within the flows of refugees with the terrorists. And think about this, Dave. After 9-11, 
And you know, I provided testimony to the 9-11 Commission as an immigration yep. agent. I've investigated and arrested terrorists. I hope everybody, rem- you've been on my show many times. I hope everybody remembers. Right. I, I, I haven't done a background introduction to you because I figure everybody understands you know what you're talking about. Well, just the, the, the thumbnail sketches, I was with the old INS, the Immigration Service, for 30 years. I spent four years as an immigration inspector at Kennedy Airport, spent a year as an adjudications officer doing the marriage interviews. Then I rotated through all the squads within the investigations branch. I was the first INS agent assigned to the Unified Intelligence Division of the Drug Enforcement Administration in New York City. And then I was promoted to senior special agent assigned to the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force. I've been before, I think, 17 congressional hearings in the House and Senate. And I've been before state legislative hearings around the United States. And if you look at the 9-11 Commission report, first and foremost, the 9-11 Commission stated that it was multiple failures of the immigration system that have have enabled terrorists, and not only the 9-11 hijackers, they looked backwards 10 years leading up to 9-11 and identified a total of 94 terrorists, all of whom, in one way or another, committed immigration fraud and or visa fraud and or violated other laws under the Immigration Act. So understand that the second largest contingent of law enforcement officers assigned to the Joint Terrorism Task Force are immigration agents. Yet in New York, our wacky governor has come to refer to immigration agents as thugs, has threatened to follow them around with lawyers to wait for them to make a mistake so they could prosecute the agents. The agents are the bad guys. Never mind that they're going after MS-13. I began investigating MS-13 back in 1992, thereabouts. It was a tiny problem. Mr. Obama's gift of the unaccompanied minors flooded America with so many members of MS-13, they now infest 40 states. And their motto is rape, kill, control. And who are they raping and killing? Teenage members of the ethnic Latino communities. This is how insane it has gotten. And so we're looking at this flood of humanity headed this way. Some of them may well be fleeing poverty and violence and so forth. But first of all, you're not entitled to political asylum because you're poor. Political asylum is specific, and it's supposed to be for aliens who have a credible fear that because of race, religion, ethnicity, or political orientation, they face persecution or worse in their home countries. Furthermore, they're supposed to seek asylum in the first country they encounter. So an alien coming up from Honduras gets to Guatemala, he should be or she should be applying in Guatemala. The the aliens from Guatemala who get to Mexico are supposed to apply in Mexico. Correct. That's not what's happening. This is a ploy to flood America with unknown numbers of illegal aliens, overwhelm the already, you know, buckling, crippled system. And think of this. After 9-11, we were told the terrorists, in order to be successful, only got to get it right once. For us to protect ourselves, we got to be right 100% of the time. Every single alien who manages to enter the United States, by whatever means, provides potentially the terrorist organization of getting it right. And it only took 19 hijackers on 9-11 to kill more people than we lost to the entire Japanese fleet at Pearl Harbor on December 7th, 1941. And 10,000 people are still suffering from horrible diseases, one of whom is an agent I had the privilege of working with for many years. He has a devastating form of cancer. He's on chemo in a hospital right now because he worked on the pile looking for survivors and then human remains after the attack. So you look at all of this and you look at the left 
And I mean, these people are crazy. I'm registered as a Democrat. I haven't voted for a Democrat in I don't know how many years. They're not Democrats. They've become seditionists. They've become anarchists. They appear to want to bring America to its knees. I don't understand what that's about. But meanwhile, we as a country are paying the price because neither party has ever really wanted to secure the borders. It's, it, you know, I, I got to tell you, Dave, immigration is supposed to be a law enforcement system. Instead, the politicians from both parties buckling to the campaign contributions that buy them, uh, they've turned it into a delivery service. It yeah. delivers an unlimited supply of cheap, exploitable labor, an unlimited supply of foreign tourists and foreign students, and an unlimited supply of clients for immigration lawyers. And think how many members of Congress on both sides of the aisle are immigration lawyers. Okay, so, you know, before we go to our first break, Michael, let me just ask sure. this question. How, can, how does the president win in this? I mean, he's calling up some pretty tough boys from active duty uh, in our military to go to the border. He's bringing them in, I think, from uh, Georgia and North Carolina. And he's going to set them there, and they're not going to be like the, the guard that's there right now that doesn't have bullets. These guys are going to have bullets and stuff. How do we keep this from going sideways and being really, really ugly? Well, I think that's what the left wants. I think they'd love to see a bunch of dead bodies. Look, the tactic of putting women and children at the head of the so-called caravan, and it's anything but a caravan, uh, is the tactic we've seen all over the Middle East. Where do the terrorists put their guns and the bombs that they're stockpiling? They put them in hospitals and nursery schools. Yeah. Why? Because they hope that there's some kind of an armed confrontation. They are praying for dead babies, believe it or not. Why? Because then they run to the worldwide media and say, look at what they did to our children. Never mind that they were using those children as human shields. And, and that's why I really believe that with everyone speculating on who's behind what we're seeing, I really believe, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but let me tell you my, my hunch, and I hate hunches, by the way, uh, as an agent, I dealt with facts. But my gut tells me that Iran has a role in what we're witnessing right now. Well, the Honduran president told Vice President Pence Venezuela was funneling money to all of this. And Venezuela is broke, and Venezuela has a very cozy relationship with Iran. So I think Venezuela is acting as a proxy for Iran here. Mm. I tell you, it worries you me, Michael. This is worrying me. We're still a, probably a month out from this happening, and, and probably that's planned as well, because what are we moving into? What season are the we moving cycle. into? Well, we're getting through the election. we're moving into the election cycle yeah. also. Yeah, and then we're going to be uh, moving into the Christmas season. Oh, oh my yeah. God, can you imagine if all of this happens during the Christmas season? When we come back, Sarah uh, Carter Fox has been embedded with this caravan. She's got a pretty eye-opening report. I'd like you to listen to it and then comment on sure. it when we come back. So Dave Ellswick Show, Michael Cutler is our guest. He is a man who knows what he's talking about. Keep your ears open. He's got more to tell you when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, our guest, Michael Cutler, and Michael has all of the background experience to talk about what's going on down in Central America right now and into Mexico and soon to be, a, you know, a, a, a top-rated uh, television show uh, between our military and these these people who think that they have some right to tell us that we must let them into our country. 
Uh, Sarah Carter, a fox, has been embedded in the migra- uh, this migrant caravan and, and had an interesting report. And I, I wanted to play this for you, Michael, and then you tell me sure. what you think of after what you hear here. Here's, here's Sarah. Okay. Sarah Carter went down to Guatemala this week as an independent investigative reporter, joined the caravan for a few days to find answers as to who these people are, how they got organized, and who sent them towards this country. You know, Sarah, let's start with you. You apparently ran into people that were part of MS-13, which was reported earlier today. People want to hear this. Yeah, absolutely. We ran into people that were part of MS-13. It appeared, Sean, that there were other people as well, other gang uh, members from various different groups. Uh, There was an enormous amount of men. We were there to greet, basically, the second wave of people crossing from Honduras into Guatemala. I was right on the Honduran border uh, with officials there, uh, spent some time with as well with Guatemalan officials, the head of Guatemalan intelligence, Mario Duarte. I also spent time today with uh, the president of Guatemala, President Jimmy Morales. So this has been a huge issue for the people of Guatemala, for the government of Guatemala. I can tell you what I saw were very few women and children and an enormous amount of men. There were about 1,500 in this second wave. They believe there are about 7,000 in total that crossed through here. Remember, a lot of people began joining the very first wave when they got into Mexico. So there were a lot of coyotes, a lot of drug cartel members that were pushing their own people into the crowds to join these crowds that were moving from Honduras all the way through to Mexico to reach the U.S. border. But the majority of them were men. The women and children were in the front, and it was a very dangerous situation for them because there was a a move, a push. Some of them had been trampled. Uh, They had them way up to the front of the line. Uh, But I could tell you I saw over 1,000 men, many of them uh, highly organized, wearing the same backpacks. Uh, A few of them had told me that it was an organized movement, that they had people contact them in their villages, and that's why they were part of this uh, movement going in. They had heard it on the news as well. So uh, this is very important for people to understand. This was not a spontaneous movement. This was a very organized event. There you go, Michael. What do you got to say about that? Well, I know Sarah Carter. She's a good journalist. And uh, as I said, this has the earmarks of something that was organized with a particular objective in mind. What's the objective? To flood America. And I am very concerned that among those headed our way are terrorists and gangbangers. Uh, and this is a disaster. And yet, if you listen to the reporters, uh, I, I was listening to the local CBS radio here in New York this morning as I was getting showered, you know, trying to get the weather report and the traffic report. And the guy comes on and says, oh, these are just Latin Americans looking for their share of the American dream yeah. and a better life in America. Well, that's number one, not why you seek political asylum, but nobody even suggested that some of these folks might not be Latin Americans and that maybe they had something more nefarious in mind than getting a job in the United States. Bigger problem is that would create. Yeah. The mainstream media has become the arm of propaganda for anarchy, the sedition, the smuggling. Uh, This is a very dangerous situation. And if you look at the 9-11 Commission report, they made a clear case that border security is national security. Uh, you know, and, and what's astonishing to me is if you listen to Chuck Schumer, Chuck Schumer, 
a couple of years ago, suggested that they create a, year, a law that would uh, provide a five-year prison sentence for people who would trespass on critical infrastructure or landmarks. He said when people trespass, we don't know who they are. They pose a serious threat to safety and lives, and we need to deter trespassing by creating a strong deterrent through jail time. He's right. But the same Chuck Schumer and his buddies in the Democratic Party are now saying, however, when you trespass on America, you are a hero, and we ought to reward you with the highest honor a country can bestow upon a foreign national United States citizenship. The disconnect is astonishing. And, you know, everyone thinks Schumer is a leader. Schumer is an employee. Think about it. You know who the employer is and who the employee is. It's a matter of who writes the check and who cashes the check. Chuck Schumer, I suspect, has been cashing checks from globalists. I don't know who. We can speculate. But the political campaign contributions are nothing short of bribes. And let's be clear, it's not just the Democrats who've gotten us into the mess. We need to have enough ICE agents so that when aliens are given a hearing date, they show up right now. If they give those folks hearing dates, the backlog is years from now. And according to the Border Patrol, fewer than, are you ready for this percentage? Fewer than 2%, 2% show up. Why? There's no one to look for them. Why? Mm-hmm. Because we have no ICE agents. We have 6,000 ICE agents for the entire United States of America. More than half of them are burdened with doing customs investigations money laundering investigations, intellectual property right investigations, kitty porn investigations, drug investigations. So when you come down to it, maybe we have 3,000 ICE agents for the entire United States of America. New York City, to put it in perspective, has 37,000 police officers. And that's low for us because at one point we had 44,000. We have a hundred, we have a million members of the armed forces and, and, I, and I have to make a point. You were talking about the military backing up the Border Patrol. Yes. Well, think of this, folks. The immigration agents and the Border Patrol agents and the inspectors at ports of entry actually back up the military already. Why? Because the primary shared mission of all five branches of our armed forces is to keep our enemies as far from our shores as possible. Up close and in person, when they get past that screen that the military erects, it falls to the Border Patrol, it falls to ICE, and it falls to the inspectors at ports of entry. All right, Michael. We have no Michael, resources. I got I to jump in. I got to get to the news. Yeah. We'll come back. We'll pick this up. You know, Sonny's Auto Salvage is your number one choice for recycled auto parts. And uh, if you were listening to the show yesterday, RD, the owner, was on my show, and I was talking to him about next week will be the week that I'll put my uh, SUV in with him and have his... Uh, his group of uh, mechanics turned their attention to my car, and we're going to put a transmission from one of the uh, well-maintained total loss vehicles that they have at the salvage yard into uh, my car. Needs a new transmission. Uh, I want to get it changed before it goes out. Starting to show some real uh, problems with wear, so I'm going to have that taken care of. For me to have that transmission put in, and then get the warranty, which is going to be a three-year parts and labor, unlimited mileage warranty. Uh, it's going to cost me just a little bit less than 50% if I had a new one put in. Less than 50%. And a three-year warranty, parts and labor, 
and, uh, you know, uh, unlimited mileage. And understand, I drive a lot. I drive uh, when I go on vacation. I drive back and forth to work from Cabot. I put on, you know, 40,000 miles a year easy. So three years of that's 120,000 miles, which is what you run out of for your typical, you know, warranty for a new car. So it seems like to me, if I can do it that way and save 50%, I'm winning. So I've always said, when it comes to recycling, it comes to going green, I'd always go green when it saved me green. And Sunny's Auto Salvage does that, and it'll do it for you as well. Number to call, 982-7451, 982-7451. Talk to the good professionals at Sunny's Auto Salvage. If you just joined us, our special guest is Michael Cutler, who's been working around immigration for how many years now, Michael? Oh, my goodness. Well, I got my badge in 1971. What more can I say? Okay. All right. I was I've been gra- at it for a while. I was graduating from high school that year. So you've been at it for a while, I can tell you, because it's been a while since I graduated from high school. I get up every morning and Me notice too. it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I notice it all the time. Uh, I'll let you know, everybody should know that I got to know Michael when I would go and cover, hold their feet to the fire. And uh, I'd have him on my show when I was there. I always, I don't know why I only set you up for a half hour, Michael. I knew that we're going to have to go for an hour. We were going to have to go for an hour to get all the material in. But I was stupid and just did a half hour. But he was good enough to say that he'd stick around with us and talk some more. Keep listening to what Michael's saying because he's telling you very, very important stuff. You're not getting this stuff from the national media for the most part. What they're saying is this is a bunch of, you know, people that are impoverished people. Uh, They're in, uh, you know, countries that have a lot of crime and things of that nature, none of which means they should be given asylum here in the United States. That's something everybody's got to understand. If we let everybody we felt sorry for into this country, we wouldn't have a country anymore. It's that simple. I, I think it was Pew who did a, um, uh, a survey about three years ago, Michael, that said 165 million people want to come to the United States. We can't take in 165 million people into the United States. We've got to be selective uh, about all of that, but I, I want to go back to what we were talking about when you were you were sure. saying, "Look at this is this here's how many people we've got that are supposed to be dealing with this situation, and now the military is going right. to get involved with it as well." Pick up what you were saying. Yeah, look, both sides of the aisle are happy that we don't have secure borders. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce, I call them the U.S. Chamber of Horrors, started something. They call the Discover America Partnership, and they've partnered with the Hotel, Hospitality, Travel, and Manufacturing Associations, and they pushed under Obama and under Bush to increase the number of visa waiver countries, countries whose citizens don't need visas to come to America as tourists. And this is a terrible idea. We never should have had a visa waiver program. But on 9-11, 26 countries participated because of the Chamber of Commerce and the pressure they exerted on the Bush administration and on the Obama administration, we now have 38 visa waiver countries when the 9-11 Commission said that visa issuance was a problem. You would think that if the 9-11 Commission said, tighten up the visa process, that you would disband the visa waiver program altogether. Now, of course, under the Bush administration, they have not expanded it, but it still exists. 
And it's almost a sick joke. But if you remember when there were all these terror attacks in Europe, the, the, in, in France and in, in, um, Belgium and Amsterdam, and immediately the experts came on and said, oh, my God, we have a visa waiver program. This is dangerous. Well, good that they woke up. So Congress got to work with Obama and they came up with the enhanced visa waiver program. And when they saw what they proposed, I have to tell you, I almost fell out of my chair. They said this, any citizen of a country that participates in the visa waiver program, this is mostly European countries, Japan and a few others. If those citizens of those countries within the last 90 days have been to Iran, Iraq, they, they had a list of about six or seven countries, then those aliens will need to get visas before they could seek to enter the United States. Has anyone ever asked how in the world would we know whether or not they went? I mean, do you really think some guy is going to walk into a U.S. embassy and say, hey, here's my certificate of training. I got an A in bomb making in Syria. I'd like a visa to come to America. The measures that they do are absurd. They're designed to make it appear that they're doing what the American people want while making darn sure that they never actually do it. This is a magic act. It's like the magician who promises to cut his very pretty assistant in half, but he knows if he really does it, he's going to go to jail and no one's ever going to work with him again. So he creates a convincing illusion that he cut the woman in half without hurting a hair on her head. So the audience is entertained. The girl goes home in one piece and everybody's happy. Well, here, the politicians know that the great majority of Americans, and I don't care if you're left, right, center, I don't care about anything else. If you have common sense, you're going to say, hey, keep out the criminals, keep out the terrorists. Let's make sure that we protect our country and our citizens. The average American wants secure borders. The average American wants effective but fair immigration law enforcement. The politicians know this. So they create the illusion that they're giving their constituents what they want, but they know if they really do it, the money from the Chamber of Commerce and these various charitable organizations and the Immigration Lawyers Association and all these other outfits, including Silicon Valley, are going to take away the money that they need to run for re-election. So this is all kabuki theater, and we're now paying the price. There is nobody to look for the aliens who failed to show up for hearings. There is nobody to investigate immigration fraud, even though immigration fraud was identified by the 9-11 Commission as the key method of entry and embedding, hiding in plain sight, for the terrorists. In fact, let me, let me read this. This comes from the 9-11 Commission staff report on terrorist travel. This was written by the special agents of various agencies and the federal prosecutors who were assigned to work with the 9-11 Commission. This was published by the government printing office. It's an official government report. <clears throat> and this is what it says. Terrorists in the 1990s, as well as the September 11th hijackers, needed to find a way to stay in or embed themselves in the United States if their operational plans were to come to fruition. As already discussed, this could be accomplished legally by marrying an American citizen, achieving temporary worker status. Now, I'm going to interrupt myself and tell you, Think DACA when you think temporary worker status, okay? Mm -hmm. Or applying for asylum after entering, and that's what we're facing right now. In many cases, the act of filing for an immigration benefit sufficed to permit the alien to remain in the country until the petition was adjudicated. Terrorists were free to conduct surveillance, coordinate operations, 
obtain and receive funding, go to school and learn English, make contacts in the United States, acquire necessary materials, and execute an attack. How clear is that, Dave? Well, it's always been clear. It's that neither side really wants to get serious about this. I, you know, with the Republicans, they're scared to death that, that the media is going to go boo to them. Here's what they're scared of. I've got a, a piece of audio. I want to play it for you. Senator Hirono from Hawaii talking about uh, President Trump and his criticisms of the migrant uh, caravan. That, and I hate using that word caravan because it's anything but. But here's what she said. This is incredible. What, what do you think he means by that when he says these Middle Easterners have planted themselves in this caravan? Well, note that he had no proof of it. And it's just yet another example of how he stokes fear uh, and loathing into the electorate. He knows he's speaking to his base. And the words he uses, he, he uh, says he doesn't really, you know, he makes up his own definitions. We should stop giving him uh, the benefit of the doubt that he doesn't understand what he means when he refers to nationalists or any of these other terms. These are not just dog whistles, but it's bullhorns. It's racism. It's basically, for many people, it's uh, um, anti-Semitic, it's white supremacy. He knows very well what he's talking about, even if he professes otherwise. There you go. You get painted with every word that they can come up with. Racism, anti-Semite, sure. white supremacy. But for the record, I'm Jewish, okay? My grandmother was killed in <laughs> Poland. I'm a fan of political asylum. I was named for my grandmother. But not when we can't vet the people coming in. Not when the potential exists that among the refugees are terrorists. And as far as that woman, I don't know how in the world they elected such a jackass. And I'm going to be blunt about it. She's the person who said that the old white men need to shut up. She actually said that on TV. So I guess if she was in front of us right now, she'd be telling me to shut up because I certainly have my share of white hair. Um <laughs> Now, as to the concern the president has articulated, if you want to talk about speaking with a, with a lack of knowledge, this was testimony at that hearing that I mentioned at the beginning of the program from a gentleman by the name of Dr. Emmanuel Erlenge of the Foundation for Defense of Democracies. He was called upon by the committee as an expert witness. And by the way, even the witnesses called by the Democrats agreed with what he had to say. There was no controversy here. I'm going to read two quick paragraphs. These are important for you to pay attention to. In recent years, Hezbollah's Latin American networks have also increasingly cooperated with violent drug cartels and criminal syndicates, often with the assistance of local corrupt political elites. Corruption includes laundering of drug money, arranging multi-ton shipments of cocaine to the United States and Europe, and directly distributing and selling illicit substances to distant markets. Proceeds from these activities finance Hezbollah's armed procurement, its terror activities overseas, its hold on Lebanon's political system, and its efforts both in Lebanon and overseas to keep the Shia communities loyal to its cause and complicit in its endeavors. Now, listen to this. This toxic crime-terror nexus is fueling both the rising threat of global jihadism and the collapse of law and order across Latin America that is helping to drive drugs and people northward into the United States. It is sustaining Hezbollah's growing financial needs. It is helping Iran and Hezbollah consolidate a local constituency in multiple countries across Latin America. 
It is thus facilitating their efforts to build safe havens for terrorists and a continent-wide terror infrastructure that they could use to strike U.S. targets. You know, I wonder if that nitwit from Hawaii got the same <laughs> intelligence briefing the president had. Probably not. understand the words, because I'm sure the words were a little bit too complicated for her. <laughs> I agree. She's... She's beyond. She's trying to out Maxine Waters. Maxine Waters. I'm she flunks the wiggle test. Are you, are you familiar with the wiggle test, Dave? No. Okay. You stick your left finger in your left ear, your right <laughs> finger in your right ear. You wiggle your fingertips. If they touch, you flunk. <laughs> I think I would have to agree with you with that woman. I. She gives me well, so know, much here's fodder. The danger. But here's the danger. People keep you know, reelecting. Nine eleven. After 9-11, how many of those politicians stood in front of the microphones demanding to know something the podium? Why didn't they connect the dots? The president is connecting the dots. Yeah. They just don't like the picture that it creates. That's the problem. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I read a story today about them saying that uh, the president was talking about the Venezuelans, uh, you know, paying uh, to make this thing happen. And it said without any collaborating evidence. And I thought, the president, the vice president of the United States to- talked to the president of Honduras, and that's what the president of Honduras told him. Yes. And the president of Guatemala has announced that recently his people arrested 100 members of ISIS and deported them back to the Middle East. Yeah, it's something. But those are just facts that the, that the other side doesn't want to hear. So they make accusations. And by the way, I heard what the president said. He said he was a nationalist. Didn't say white nationalist, no. green nationalist. He said he wants to make America great again. That's what he said. Listen, I've been accused of being a nativist. Nativist means that you want to put the citizens of your own country first. You know what? I, I am guilty as charged if that's what it Me means. Me too. Because America is the most diverse country on the planet. We have a huge black population, Latino population. You name the flavor, we got lots of them, and I don't care what your flavor is. If you're an American, we stand with you, e pluribus unum. And look at the nonsense being foisted on Americans, the notion of the black voter, the Jewish voter, the Latino voter. If you believe that Latino Americans have different values, different dreams, and different concerns than all other Americans based purely on their race, by definition, not only are you a fool, but you're a racist. Americans have the same dreams, the same concerns, and the same common uh, objectives. So how in the world do you conduct surveys and take Latino Americans and put them off by themselves somewhere in the corner? I'm with you. How's that for an interesting thought? I like I like all that non-hyphenated American thing that I That's always right. push. We're all Amer- you know. And I agree with you. I'm, I'm an American Jew, but I'm not a Jewish American. I got you. All right, Michael, it's always a pleasure. I'm going to have to have you on here in the next couple of weeks. We'll have to talk about this some more. You you gain? Well, all I ask is that your audience go to my website. It's michaelcutler.net, C-U-T-L-E-R. Please read my articles over at frontpagemag.com, frontpage magazine. And Friday night, 7 p.m. East Coast time, I do the Michael Cutler Hour show on Blog Talk Radio. And it's about keeping up with the facts. And by the way, folks, keep your politicians accountable. They need to understand we're not the idiots that they've been hoping we are. I got you, Michael. Let's do this in a couple of weeks. We'll get it together again. Michael Cutler here on the Dave Ellswick Show.